right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Untitled Jeff Luck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Luck, and I'm here at Texas Motor Speedway with Jerry Jordan, Texas native. Uh, he's from Kicking the Tires. He is the man behind Kicking the Tires. And uh, Jerry, how are you? Doing well. Doing well. I just watched the uh, interesting ending to the race and then the interesting ending to the ending of the race. Yeah, I mean, gosh, it feels like uh, this is like a, a, a National Society meeting of angry people today. I, like, it feels like everybody was mad. People were mad after the race. People were, I mean, the drivers just marching angrily away. Um, NASCAR was angry because of, of the missed uh, call on Jimmy Johnson. Um, they were having to apologize about that. Chad Knauss was angry. Um, I mean, you saw him pit road afterwards. Drivers were fleeing left and right. Chad took it way better than I thought he would. He actually was in way better mood than I figured he would be. I, he was upset, but, you know, Eric Almarola left. Kurt Busch frustrated. He did talk with us. Uh, Chase Elliott, one one sentence answer to me and bolted. Uh, he did come in the media center, though, he did after come they, in the, okay. yeah. Um, Kyle Bush bolted. Kyle Bush, he was he was gone. I didn't. Even, Kyle walked straight towards me, and I looked at him. And I said, "I'm not even going to ask." And he just kept on going. So hopefully, he owes me one going forward because I wasn't even going to try to stop him. Is that how you view that? Yes, he owes me one. I didn't. I didn't mess with Kyle. Hey, if you're listening, Kyle, you know I. I don't understand. think Kyle's not listening. Oh, come on. you're his favorite person. Come on. Oh my God. You know, I I just think uh, there was a lot of frustration on pit road after the race. Absolutely, they, they said you couldn't pass. Even Chase Elliott, um, who is pretty mild-mannered and doesn't really say anything too controversial in the media center. When I asked how hard it was to pass out there, he said, whatever genius um, repaved this place and lowered the banking and turned one and two, that wasn't a very smart decision because it hurt the entertainment value. Uh, Steve O'Donnell, who's in charge of the competition, um, you know, is, is out there addressing the media afterwards. We were just, we just walked right from there. And he pretty much said, look, compared to Xfinity and trucks, this race was not good. It's not entertaining. And by the way, a lot of you media people who don't like the rules package for next year, this is why we're changing it because days like today, you know, you don't, like he said, he's not trying to take anything away from Kevin Harvick, his sure. eighth win of the year, uh, impressive dominating performance, but pretty much everybody who watched the race and there wasn't that many people here and there was a lot of angst on, on, uh, Twitter, I think people were just upset with the way things were going. It was like a lot of there's a lot of like frustration built up or I, something. I get frustrated with people on Twitter that say, "Oh, there's not a lot of people in the stands." Well, you're not here either. Okay, we're here every week. We have to be here. It's our jobs, and our jobs are tough sometimes. But you know, you see the you see the fans and, and their empty stands, empty seats. We built this sport for hundreds of thousands of people to come to the track. I remember when this place was full. I, I live here. I I, under, I I know this. I saw it. Those fans have gone away, whether it be because they don't like the package, whether they don't like the racing, whether they, they've got kids and stuff going on or money. But we still have a good crowd compared to other sports, compared to other things. No, it's not as good as it was, and it never will be probably. And we overbuilt, number one. I, I truly I think we've seen that, but we overbuilt. When this sport was growing through the 2000s, and we if we could do an algorithm to say we make eight dollars of you know for every extra for every button a seat, we built a seat, you know, and that's what we did. So that's why we do have a lot of empty seats. Yes, I get it. I'm a I'm a cheerleader for NASCAR overall because I like NASCAR. It's not that I like the sanctioning body because I believe me, I just you know I disagree with them some stuff and they don't always agree with me. But as far as the sport as a whole. It has lost some luster through the years for whatever reason, and and those reasons are very complicated. 
Well, I, I normally I would agree with you that you know the, the the crowds are still pretty decent compared to other sports. But I mean today, you know, a sold out Texas Rangers game. If it if baseball had been in season down the road, I'm, I may think this would have beaten, you know, the crowd here. Um, and that's that's really concerning. I mean, because like you said, we we both can remember when this place was doing big business, and now all these people, you know, it's it's not. You just don't feel good about what you're seeing. And when you then after, you know, there's already not that many people there and you see a race where you're like, well, this isn't going to bring them back. Even the drivers were on their radio saying this is a, a quote, boring ass race. I think Clint Boyer said um, it's not good. And, and uh, you know, having been away for four weeks myself, just coming back into this, I'm all geared up to come back today. I can't get wait to get back to the track. And then everybody seems to be like just this bad mood. And um, the Jimmy Johnson thing, I have to say, really um, made a lot of people angry. Yeah, that's the- I don't know how they they missed that. Obviously, uh, Steve O'Donnell, he, look, stand-up guy, took it on the chin. NASCAR made the wrong call. We apologize to Jimmy. We messed up. But there's really no way. He called it unacceptable and disappointing. Exactly. But there's no way to fix it. Right. And I asked, kind of tongue-in-cheek, but I asked, I said, does he get his 15 minutes back next week? He didn't like that question. That's like the third time I've asked questions that are going to get you know get me uh, in NASCAR yeah. timeout probably. Well, he, you know, I they they made it clear that they said it was a miscommunication that it was something written down down here in the garage area and then that was transferred up to the tower. Nobody ever called it up. And so as they're on the pace laps, they had told they had sent out an email to the media. We knew. We, we knew. We, yeah, we already we knew. tweeted it. Chad Knaus has no idea. He, until pace laps, he said. They're under pace laps, and they're like, you got to go to the back. And he's like, what? For what? Because normally, if you fail inspection two times, it's a 15-minute practice penalty, as you mentioned, for the next week. And so it's not going to the rear. I got myself in hot water on Twitter because I said, you know, I'm personally not outraged about this uh, as I am about some other NASCAR things. I got to save up my outrage for other things at times. But, you know, I, I thought, look, he, he's going to start 23rd anyway, and he ends up starting in the 30s because cars lay over, sure, as we know, the back markers. Um, it's a 500-mile race, and he di- he was up in the top five before another oh, yeah. penalty yeah. hurt him. So he hurt himself. I you mean, can you can overcome that stuff. I understand though that it is unacceptable and I understand you look, I know it's bad, but I'm just saying the the level people would have thought this was like the worst crime that NASCAR's ever done. Or they were treating it really uh I just thought it's not that bad. But I understand that it's totally unacceptable. I, I get that. But According to Chase Elliott, the worst crime at, at, at Texas Motor Speedway is uh, turns one and two because he said what he said at the media center, but he told me they really screwed up the track. Oh, really? Yes. So he said it twice. Yes. It wasn't just something he blurted no, out. The one sentence that he told me on pit road was they really they really messed this track up. They really screwed this up. Well, it's, it's disappointing because, I mean, Texas, um, I remember this race. Um, I think it was the last pre-COT race where Jimmy Johnson and Matt Kenseth had this great battle. It was in 07 where they'd done half the season with the COT at like the short tracks, Mm -hmm. and then they were still using the old-style car, and they had this fantastic battle during the playoffs. And I remember I got into an argument with David Poole, and we bet money because I said – you know, this, the COT is going to ruin this and it's not going to be as good. And he was saying, no, that's going to make things better. And, um, you know, I, I feel like I got that one, right? David, sorry, but, uh, he's listening in heaven. He is, he is. I'm sure he (laughs) would uh, argue with me still, but, um, you know, it's just that, you know, you, you've had something over the years and, and it, I think the fact that we saw, uh, entertaining trucks race and entertaining Xfinity race, that hurts. The, same track, though, you know what I mean? And so you're like, okay, well, 
you know, Chase Elliott saying, yeah, they screwed up the track, but we saw two good races this weekend. It just wasn't at Cup. And, and see, I'm, I'm uh, being a Texas native, I come to this track all the time for every little, pro, even though it's four hours from my house, every little press event, if I'm home, I'm here. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Eddie's going to hear this or, or, or hear what Chase says. And I think he's you're, be you're overestimating who listens to this, but yeah. <laughs> but I'm telling you, they, dude, you're, you are Jeff Gluck. So Jeff Gluck, you know. Dot com so you know people listen to your show uh but that said I, I it's not my game it's not my ball it's not my rules it's nascar it's the track it's their stuff they can call the shots the way they want to i'm here to report on what they do mm-hmm. whether it's good or bad that's for the drivers to tell me i have my own opinions but at the end of the day, I don't see this as good as it as it has been. And I definitely don't see tonight. And I've got a rule. There's no such thing as bad racing to me. It's racing's racing. Racing is good. There's just different, different degrees of it. But the degree of racing we had tonight was definitely different than we had last night and, the, and even more so than what we had on Friday night with the trucks because they're remarkably different. Uh, action on the track yeah well i maybe there's no such thing as bad racing but this was close um <laughs> I, I will say though it's just you know I, I think part of it too is that this is a really really long race and there's so many times in this race where they're just they just go and go oh you said go. 300 i saw your tweet yeah you said 300 la- i wouldn't mind 300 miles. miles i mean the xfinity race was 300 miles and it was action-packed because i think there's more of an urgency you're probably right on um, some of that it, you know it, you you hear even crew chiefs or spotters they'll tell their guys all right look just ride here for a while just ride you know get, get in behind this guy or whatever and just run your pace because there's so many laps the race is so long it it, it takes forever to tick off um it's just uh, I don't know I you know but but when you bring up that the race should be shortened here, you know Eddie Gossage does get really defensive and some fans get defensive and say well look I pay money to come here it's the only race I get to come to and I want my maximum amount of racing I don't want an hour shorter race I want to soak up every minute but I do think it's it's a quantity over over quality but let's let's uh, talk about the actual race for a minute here because we've started we we jumped right into the anger and the ranting that I feel like we we've been sensing here. And um, we didn't really talk about, like, the playoff implications. So, um, you know, Kevin Harvick now locked into Homestead, fourth time in five years of the elimination format. And completely eliminates my prediction that he was going to get knocked out in this round. Why did you think he was going to get knocked out? I just felt like Kevin was going to have a a little run of bad luck. You know, obviously he had – and I called this before we ever got into the playoffs. I Uh I, I figured this would be the round where Kevin got knocked out. Pit crew would screw up or something. Yeah, something would happen. And – and I'm wrong. Kevin, you're in. And, uh, you know, the, the, congrats. He's not listening either. I don't care. But <laughs> the fact of the matter, he didn't like me either. <laughs> Remember that Darlington column? But but anyway, he's in. Kurt is 25 out. Uh, Truex and Kyle are probably, they're going to have to, they're going to have to battle each other for a spot. Well, we'll see. I mean, I, it, it's I, be, it comes down to whether you think somebody new can win it at Phoenix. Personally, I think Harvick could easily go out and win. I think, you know, maybe Kyle could go out and win. I'm not sure. But if if there is a new winner, then it comes down to 18 versus 78 for the final spot. They're only separated by three points. If there's not a new winner, they're in pretty good shape because Truex is 25 points the good. Kyle's 28 points the good. So who's really going to outrun them unless they have a, you know, unless they crash or something or blow a tire um, I don't think that you know Chase Elliott's been pretty good at, at Phoenix. Yes, yeah. And if you remember a couple of years ago, uh, Kurt was good at Phoenix. Boyer's been good at Phoenix, um, but Kevin Harvick actually predicted to me. I used it on the show last week. 
Texas was going to be where he was going to knock it off. He called his shot. He did, he actually didn't see Phoenix as one that he could go, he might go out and win. As good as he's been there, he felt like this was his best shot to get the win and to, and to move to Homestead. Well, he's uh, I you 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 really can't say anybody else is the favorite for Homestead at this point too. I mean, I mean this is the last mile and a half track before then. Um, Kyle Larson's a favorite of Homestead. <laughs> I don't even think so. I mean, you know, the way that Harvick's running and unloading right now, I mean, Truex said on pit road, uh, I was asking him about uh, the race and what, what shape he thinks is in. And he said, man, the Fords are so good right now. He said, if, if this was us last year, people would be complaining about us. Mm. He said, I don't know if I should pull Keselowski and com- be complaining about it or what, but um, if you're a tick off the Fords right now, you're there. They just have us completely beat. And I just don't, I mean, the way Kyle Busch ran today and, um, Truex, I, I, it doesn't seem like the Toyotas are there. At one point, and it, it, may have, it was kind of during the pit cycles, but at one point there were uh, there were no Toyotas in the top ten, I, I believe. Uh, so I don't know how that ha- how that worked out. Uh, and obviously Kyle dropped you know a, a lap back. Martin had issues uh, on pit road. He had, as he said, bad luck being good luck. So, uh, but that happens in a five hundred mile race. Yeah, it's it's pretty remarkable though, because I mean, if you if you go back to like a year ago. And we're all talking about the Toyota domination. And, um, you know, it was Chevrolet was maybe right there, second best behind Toyota. And Ford was like out to lunch for the most part. No Fords at Ford Championship weekend? Yeah. Well, no, it was Keselowski in it last year, maybe. I can't remember. But anyway. Um, Actually, I think you're right. He was. But yeah. The year before, I think there was a year that there was no Fords at Ford. Right, they, right. It had been, been a few they, years. Yeah. Stuart Haas had just moved to Fords. And, um, and then, you know, Keselowski at home said last year says if NASCAR doesn't do something, it's going to be there. You know, they're going to let Toyota get out the biggest gen- gap in a generation or whatever yeah. that we've ever seen. And it turns out nothing really changed rules wise to benefit one or the other. Like they didn't take away, but the rules the way they were this year, uh, the Fords, the OSS made everybody honest. Yeah, the splitter was flat. The OSS changed things. And next thing you know, Fords have been dominating all year. Um I don't know. It's it's pretty crazy just to think back about how things have flipped, but it all goes in cycles, I guess. I don't know. Who do you see as outside the top four right now that could win at Phoenix? And because there's everybody pretty much is in a must-win situation, right? I don't think that you know. Looking at it, I I, I really don't feel good about Boyer in a must-win situation. I feel like when his when he gets under pressure, he gets agitated and cracks a little bit. Um, I just don't feel like he's gonna go down there and, and be able to just pull out some sort of a clutch performance. Um, Almarola, you know, I think a lot would have to go right. I can't just see him going there and outright winning the race. Um, I do feel like you know. I could see a Kurt potentially doing it. I, I feel like Chase more than anybody, though, because that Phoenix track's a little bit of a weird track. The Hendrick cars have been good there. Um, you know, Dale Jr. was good there for a while. Alex Bowman almost won in Dale Jr.'s ca- car that year. Right. Um, he was going to win that race. And, um, you know, I, I could see maybe Chase pulling it off. Other than that, though, I think it's just going to be big three plus Lagana going to Homestead and a Harvick victory unless something weird happens. You think uh, you think if if that goes down that way and and you know there was talk that that Logano could be the 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 giant killer and and slay the big three, you think he you think he could pull off the uh, championship for Roger? I'm starting to wonder. I mean, they're Penske's looking decent at the right time. I mean, Blaney could have won this race. Yeah. Um, it was interesting. He you know he he felt like afterwards he basically showed Harvick that that outside line could work and that Harvick 
took it when he had the chance that that last time. Um, and that was what worked. You know, initially you're, he's taking that line. You're like, oh, is this going to work out? And it totally did, right? Yeah, because he stuck when he went out there and was able to get get by. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting, though. I mean, with, with Blaney running well, Logano running well, Kozlowski, you know, won three races late in the year, could have won a fourth at, at the Roval maybe. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's possible. But I still feel like, I would put Harvick above Logano. I would put maybe Logano second right now. I just I'm I'm kind of like losing faith in in the Kyle Busch and Truex teams as far as having that raw speed. I, I just think Harvick is by far the fastest right now. I'm gonna pick I'm gonna pick Logano to win. Yeah, to to, to yeah to win the championship. Wow. So uh, it's like I, straight up, or you think something weird fluky happens? I think weird fluky happens to one of them for sure. Uh, something crazy is going to happen. I mean, if you remember a few years ago, Jimmy Johnson was you know looking to win, and then the transmission went out, and uh, and you know they came in, and he he was done. Uh, Tony Stewart, the year he won, something went through his grill, and you know uh, he, he had to follow the back twice. Yeah. and came all the way back through the front. So probably yeah. passed more cars than ever. Yeah, but uh, but so, yeah, I think something fluky will happen to to at least one of the guys. But I, I do, I think I, I think the the, the twenty two team is uh is hitting where they need to be right now and uh they're they're gonna they're on fire joey logano has already proven he will move you to win so. yeah and let's, let's talk about that real quick because after the race eric almarola was like really mad uh he was mad during the race and after the race still going off of logano i'm not going to help him and he's already won a race he could have just settled for blah 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 I really, I gotta be honest. I mean, Eric Almarola seems like a good guy and everything, but I really don't think his comments had any merit. I mean, it's a race. Logano's still going out there to try to do whatever he can. Um, he can't just lay over for people. They're not even on the same team. I had a long talk with Eric last year about some of the stuff that you know had had gone down after he broke his back and things. And he's he's really an interesting person to get to know. But as you said. This is a race. You can't blame a guy for racing you hard. He's trying to if, – if he goes out there and wins this race today, you know what he does? He just puts pressure on the big three because then he makes them figure out what they, what they have to do. He, he's, he puts all the pressure on those guys to go out there and either point their way in or advance by a win at Phoenix. And, and heck, he's not bad at Phoenix either. But if he can go out there and win this, tonight and, and, and knock another – you know peg notch another peg on his belt it's good for him it helps him he's got he's he's there to win that's what roger pays him for yeah and you got to keep up the momentum if you're joey logano i mean you don't want to be like oh we're we're cruising right now we're just i'll just go relax i mean you got to keep going hard and keep that mentality up and i I just don't think i just don't see why that would be uh, expected there i maybe almarola will calm down afterwards after he watches it back but well, Joey gets frustrated with me because I'm the one that asks. I'll always ask, "Well, you're locked in, so now how do you? I race to win, mm-hmm, you know." Mm-hmm. And it's like I've told you that a thousand times. Nothing's going to change. He's going out there to win. He doesn't care if it's against Brad or Brian or or or, or their satellite team with the Wood Brothers. He's going out there to put the 22 in victory lane because Roger Penske likes winners. Yeah. Well, um, what do you foresee happening um, next week as far as people's general mood here? Because as, as I mentioned, uh, I, I just feel like a little bit taken aback at how um, the, the anger or frustration level was for this whole garage. Maybe I just forgot. But um, are people going to be in a little bit better mood at all? Or is, it just, is this going to keep going to a homestead? We have eight or nine cautions tonight. Uh, I don't know. 
I think we had, I know at one point we we're at seven, so it had to be eight or nine. Uh, I think that number will be higher next week. I think we will see some serious uh, rooting and gouging, okay. rubbing and racing. Uh, I, I do. I predict that next week will be an action-packed evening uh, when, when we're out at uh, out in Phoenix. It's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it's going to be interesting to see who wants to win bad enough to put their car in jeopardy of cutting a tire or getting into the wall. But I do think that you're yeah. going to see some of those guys, especially the ones that are you know fifth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth. They're going to they're they're going to be some moving. They're going to be moving some people out of the way. Yeah. How far down do you want to go on the dog leg on that new start finish line uh, on a, on a, on a overtime restart at Phoenix or something? Well, like, what you people know. may not realize is Phoenix is going to is flipped. So they did a you know 170 million dollar or whatever it was reconfig to the track, rebuilt everything, tore down a bunch of grandstands, built a new media center. Yay. Um, but then they took the start-finish line and put it in between where turns two and turns three used to be. And we're going to kind of be starting, uh, you know, restarting the race, kind of coming out of a, the, the one and two, to what will be the new three and four, which was the old one and two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you're talking about that dog leg. It's going to be very dicey, I think. And what you, when we get there, we're going to need to see what the drivers are willing to do during practice. Uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see who, who goes down there and, and tries exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, well, we'll see. Well, before we go, we have to guess uh, and predict what the was it a good race poll will be tomorrow. So obviously, Jerry, you said there's no bad races, but there's going to be some people who disagree with you. So what percent of the people that vote in the poll tomorrow will say, yes, this was a good race? Fifteen. Fifteen. <laughs> oh, my. No, I'm just covering up my, my probably more. I think you'll get in the 25 to 30 percent that might say that it was a decent race. You have to put a number on because you're taking all my uh, you have to put an exact number. I have to put an exact number yeah, on it. Yeah, you're going to box me in otherwise. Okay. I'll split the difference. I will go 21%. 21% says a good race. Ooh, this is tough. This is really tough. I think the lowest, I want to say the lowest, I, and I'm not looking at it right now, but I feel like it might be like 17% is the lowest maybe. Maybe I could be wrong. But – Oh, 21. So it's basically like higher or lower than 21. And I'm hoping that there's a lot of people out there like me that, you know, think all racing is good Yeah, I love racing. You know, it doesn't matter. It was a good race. It was a playoff race. Maybe they're Harvick fans. All right. Whatever, you know. Uh, Man. All right. I think it's going to be less. I think I may go um, 18% um, and just just roll with it. I don't know. Yeah, that's my guess. You're 18. I'm 21. All right. Some drinking ages in different countries. And voting age in, in you know, voting age in, yeah, uh, uh, across go. the country, which is Tuesday. Voting age and drinking age <laughs> right, right there. We have it covered. Well, uh, coming up on the next edition of the Untitled Jeff Gluck podcast, it's going to be a 12 questions with Austin Dillon. Then I will be back at uh, Phoenix next week for a post-race podcast. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm just hoping everybody's in a better mood because I am I was in a good mood today. And then, I, like I said, I mean, just geez. Just like I feel like it was like a, a dark cloud of negativity just raining on people. So um, hopefully things will get better next week and it'll be a good race. But Jerry, um, thank you for joining us and everybody else. I will talk to you next time on the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast.